John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. And this is the High Gain Podcast. Oh, this is going to be so great, Ed. I can't wait. It's going to be so great, Ed. We got another one of those fat string guitars. Oh, yeah. I love it when we get those in. Unfortunately, it's missing a couple of strings. Yeah, I know. Only four. It's only got four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Where are we recording from, John? Beautiful West Seattle, Washington. It's getting to be spring. It's getting pretty close. I like it. I like it. I walked up today. And didn't freeze? Did not freeze to death. I took a scarf and a hat out of my bag because I'm just like, I'm not going to need this. Uh huh. And did you need them? No. Wow. Yeah, I'm not wearing a jacket. How's the rickets treating you? I got those vaccines, remember? The rickets vaccine. I got a shingles vaccine and a flu shot and tetanus. I haven't felt even a pinch of scurvy. Great. Drinking a lot of uh, orange juice and whatnot. Yeah. You know? You're right, Ed. We have a four-string bass today. A bass guitar, they call them. They're weird and strange and freaky. Freaky. With the four strings. Yeah, you know, to remind our viewers. Yes. We like to educate while entertaining. Exactly. It's edutainment. (laughs) Right. When a guitar only has four strings. Yes. And those strings are fatter. Right. We call it a bass. Right. What's that Seattle band, Casper Baby Pants guy? The Presidents of the United States of America? Didn't he play a guitar with not enough strings on it? Or exactly the right amount. You know, maybe guitars don't need six strings. That's what pedals are for, right? Ed. James Jamerson? Yes. Oh, that guy's a maniac. You are almost certainly going to have to do some fudging with that bass I just played. Three notes? 
And they're virtually impossible. The three notes that Ed was just playing there yeah. were so syncopated. Yeah. And they sound so perfect to you, the viewer. Right. In the future times after right. I've edited it. <laughs> Are you saying I don't have perfect timing? Come on. Our man James Jamerson. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That's a bummer. Our man Jamerson played a precision bass. Yes. Which is what this is. Great. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about our good friends at Orca Beverages. Orca Beverages? Yeah, they make a Americana beverage. Delicious vintage, handcrafted. I see that. Sweetened with pure cane sugar. Big corn? No thanks. No big corn. No, come on. I have cherry cola. I got huckleberry. Look at this. Huckleberry and elderberry extract, natural and artificial flavors. How's it taste? Let's see. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's delicious. That is lovely and refreshing. Our friends at Orca Beverages, I love them dearly. And I am ready for them to send us some beverages. Yeah. They're playing real hard to get. Can it be ghosting? If we don't contact them first. Exactly. If this is not ghosting, it's probably a Orca beverage microaggression, you know? <laughs> Come on, Orca. Send us some beverages. Yeah. You're right up the street. I know you got extras. Laying around out back. We're going to make a little Orca beverage wall. I suppose we could, one of these times, actually contact them. <laughs> That's a bridge too far. That feels like we're being needy. This is going to be pretty cool, viewers. Oh. We've talked about Fender Precision Basses before. Sure. So there's no need to go into granular detail about them. A few people have played the P-Bass. A few people. More than a few. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. It's a go-to. Right. So we have a very special bass today. Okay. As basses age. Yeah. As they change hands, as they yeah. go from location to location. Right. Facts about them or history or modifications, all these things. Yeah. That may or may not have happened to them. Get lost. Okay. And you never know the story. Okay. This bass today. Yeah. We do know the story. Like, and it's a pretty good one. This specific this bass. This actual instrument. Okay. What year is it? This bass is 1955. The P bass was introduced in 1951. Mm -hmm. So this is just four years in. And the basses were expensive, right? When it was introduced, it was 199 bucks. Okay. That slots very nicely into your 2K. Does it? I thought the P basses were a little more than the 2K it's, metric. It's but 1979. No. Wow. Okay. 1,970. Straight up the yeah. 2K number. Okay. So... This is a 1955 P bass. At the time, they were made in the Telecaster mode. So the headstock looked like a Telecaster. Right. The body shape was... Stratty. Yeah, a little Stratty, but the Stratocaster would not come out till 54. Right. This one is red. Yep. That's where the confusion starts. Oh. Fender did not start doing custom colors until 1957. Whoa, really? Is oh. it a refin? It is not. How can that be? I don't know. 1948. Yeah. Our man George Fullerton. Okay. Starts working at Fender. We know this. And he was pivotal in designing the P-Base. The P-Base came before the Strat. Yes. So any number of gazillions of guitars that have the two horn kind of thing, yeah. the double cutaway, yeah. can be traced to that guitar. I think so. Is that what we're saying? And of course, it's the first 
production solid body electric right. bass ever made. Crazy. Yep. 1948, George Fullerton goes with Fender, and that's what comes out of it, the P-Bass. Okay. At the same time, 1948, Okay. there's a guy who's born. His name is Richard Aspen Pittman. I don't know this guy. We'll just call him Aspen. Aspen Pittman. Aspen Pittman, born in 48. Okay. He's 70. Oh. Just a couple of months ago. Oh, no, really? Car crash. That sucks. Yeah. What's Fullerton up to? <sighs> Damn it. 1923 to 2009. Fourth of July, we lost George William Fullerton. A couple of years later, mm-hmm. the organ center. Organ like you play or yeah. organ in your body? <laughs> you know what would be cool? What? If it was both. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. that would be very cool. But no, it was organs for home and church. Oh, okay. You could go buy an organ, a lovely organ. That sounds great. But, you know, then the Beatles show up. Okay. And the organ center's like, oh, man, we want some of that sweet, sweet Beatles money. Sure. Let's get all that crazy Vox stuff. Oh, let's yeah. Let's get the amps. Let's get the guitars and Hell the basses. Yeah. And like, Hell, yeah. The kids will be nutty for that. I'm nutty for it. But who's going to buy Vox from the organ center? Let's okay. call it the Vox Center. <laughs> so they called it the Vox Center. Huh, okay. Woohoo! Okay. And then in comes all the Eric Clapton's with their Marshalls and their Les Pauls. And okay. Now the Vox Center is thinking, God damn it, we need to sell more than just Vox stuff. We need to sell like all kinds of different stuff. Okay. Let's just call it Guitar Center. Whoa. And that's how that starts. 1967. Does this tie to Aspen Pittman? Yeah, they need a sales manager. Okay. Let's hire that pimply-faced 19-year-old kid over there. Okay. Aspen Pittman. First sales manager of Guitar Center. Yes. Okay. In his time at Guitar Center, right. he becomes very, very familiar with the guitars and the basses and all the output of Fender. Sure. The Organ Center to the Vox Center to Guitar Center. Yes. Okay, that's great. Did you know that? I did not know that. This story has heroes. Okay. This story has douchebags. Okay. It's great. I love it. This story is everything. I love it. So with that preamble, yep. our two main characters, right. George Fullerton and Aspen, Yep. here goes nothing. Okay, here we go. All right. It's 1973. Great. And our man Aspen mm-hmm. takes some of that sweet, sweet Guitar Center money and decides, okay. I should buy me a house. Okay, great. So, you know, you move into a house, you got to furnish it. Mm-hmm. He takes some of that Guitar Center money. Buys some furniture. He buys a fucking refrigerator is what he does. Okay. <laughs> he takes the old refrigerator, puts it out in the driveway, whereupon a neighbor comes by. Yeah. And says, howdy, new neighbor. What are you doing with this fridge? What's up with this refrigerator? Yeah. Aspen says, I don't know. You want to buy it? Buy it. The neighbor says, yeah, I'll give you 50 bucks for it. $50 feels like a lot for a fridge. Maybe. Are we sure on that number that it was yes. 50 bucks? Okay. Neighbor says, great. Takes the refrigerator away. And that's the less the Aspen thought about it. Right. Maybe he was just kind of thinking, I don't really care if the dude pays me. Right, right, right. And so it was months later Yeah. that the neighbor, who never did pay him, oh, comes over and says, hey, you know, I don't have that 50 bucks, but I was just doing a side gig cleaning out somebody's house. Okay. And I got a couple of guitars, a couple of old beat-up guitars. You're a guitar guy. You're a guitar guy. I hear the guitar music coming out of your house. He's probably just rocking it. 73? Are you kidding me? Aspen? He is probably blasting all hours of the night. Opens up all the windows. SoCal. 90 degrees. Hey, neighbors. Middle of July. Suck on this. Yeah. Deep purple. All day long. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. He says, would you like these two guitars that I got? As payment for that refrigerator from some months back. Okay. Aspen says, yeah, sure, I'll take them fine. 
one was a Tysco, mm-hmm. and the other was some kind of red parts caster beat up kind of thing. Okay. Fender bass. I think you're holding it. I am. Crazy. So he puts these guitars away. I've got Deep Purple to listen to. Right. And I see guitars every day, all day long for my job. Right. Whatever, fine. Right. And that's it. So we fast forward a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Apparently Aspen is a very smart engineer kind of guy. Okay. He founds a company called Groove Tubes. Oh, yay. You familiar yeah. with those tubes? Oh, absolutely. That's Aspen Pittman. Dope. He designs his own vacuum tubes. What year is this? 79. Tubes are a thing that's probably still in 79 being manufactured even in the U.S., maybe? Groove tubes were. I don't know if they still are. I don't understand a whole lot about tube amps. Sure. But one of the main kind of pushes forward in innovation was the idea that Aspen had that you could match tubes. Right. Aspen was a smart dude. He was a very smart dude. The tubes took off worldwide. Okay. And so he was sending them to other countries where they were being sold, and they were very popular. Uh, he did quite well. Okay. One of the places he sold them yeah. was in Germany. Okay. He had a dealer there. Named Erhard. Okay. Erhard, apparently? Yeah. Total dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Erhard uh, runs him a shop okay. in Germany that specializes in used and vintage guitars. Okay. And also, he works as a rep for Aspen selling the groove tubes. Okay. Stuff. Okay. And he comes over here once a year to go to NAM. Okay. When he goes to NAM, he stays with whoever he can, mostly Aspen. Hey, Aspen, I'm coming over to the NAMM show. Can I stay at your house? Right. Yeah, sure. While he's there one year, Aspen says, hey, you know, you know about vintage stuff. Check this thing out. This red parts caster bass. Yeah. Earhart says, yeah, you're probably right. It looks like it's a refin. Yeah. It looks like it's a part caster. But, you know, I'll buy it from you if you want to sell it. Okay. Aspen was like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I'm going to hang on to it. And then over the course of a year or months or however long it is, Earhart keeps saying, come on, you know, I'll give you 500 bucks for it. I'll give you 600 bucks for it. Okay. Till it was $1,000. Yeah. At that point in time, that's maybe a lot of money. Who knows? Sure, sure, sure. Maybe Aspen's thinking, well, you know, maybe I want to keep Earhart happy because he's selling my groove tubes in Germany anyway. Right. Fuck, let him have the bass. Yeah. He sells it to Earhart. For 1000 bucks. For 1000 bucks. Now the bass lives in Germany. That seems like a lot of money. That's pre- like the vintage boom even, right? Yeah. Okay. So Erhard, since he's the vintage aficionado guy, mm-hmm. writes an article in Germany yeah. about the bass. Okay. Saying, I have this bass that is a genuine 1955 rare color Fender bass. He knew everything about it. It's at that point that Aspen realizes, <laughs> oh, uh. he, he totally <laughs> took me. He knew what it was the whole time. Yeah. Total dick move. So he knew before that it wasn't a refin. Fucking Earhart. Yeah. Eventually, though, I guess Earhart just has a habit of just dicking with people. Okay. Uh, He ends up going bankrupt. Okay. And he leaves a whole bunch of bad debt on the groove tube stuff with Aspen, who has to write it off. Right. That's the end of that chapter of the story, Ed. Okay. I should play you a little bit of this bass. Oh, okay. A little palate cleanser. Okay. Before we move on to the next chapter. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's got flat wound strings on it. Yep. Those early days, they were marketing yeah. to upright players. Right. Trying right. to convince them to switch over to this much more convenient to play instrument. Sure. There's a local guy here in Seattle. Okay. Who makes pedals. Yeah. Under the name Three Leaf Audio. I'm familiar. Yeah, he's just up on Capitol Hill there. I did not know that. Yeah. So we have a couple of his bass pedals. We've got the Doom 2 pedal. Yes. I like any pedal that is named Doom. Doom. Okay. And the Proton Envelope Filter. I was playing that earlier. Here's a fuzz. I have it set to, you know. Fuzzy. envelope filter on top of that that envelope filter is killer let's turn off the doom and just go envelope okay that's pretty nice going to the next chapter i think so so at this point the guitar is still in germany with our guy who's under a mountain of debt dick okay what happens so years later yeah Erhard shows up in the u.s in los angeles okay he wants to open a vintage department in a larger more established store Okay. He ends up talking to this guy, Don, at West L.A. Music. Okay. Hey, Don, at West L.A. Music. My name's Erhard. I've got a whole bunch of vintage gear. Wouldn't it be cool if I could just be in your shop and do the vintage thing? Right. One of Don's good buddies is Aspen. (laughs) Aspen knows that this guy took him. So Don's like, hey, Aspen, what's up with this Earhart guy? Right. And Aspen says, oh, I'll tell you what's up with this Earhart guy. Mm-hmm. He tells them the whole story, how he got taken for the base, right. and how this guy doesn't pay his creditors, all this kind of Great. douchey behavior. Yeah. But Don wants to get into the vintage business. So he says yes to Earhart. Okay. But he puts some protections in place, given Aspen's strong warning. Right. I will give you a loan... Erhard, mm-hmm. to set up your vintage business inside my shop. But I'm going to take your entire vintage collection as collateral on that loan. I like this. If you fuck me, Erhard, right. I'm taking your gear. Okay. What do you think happens? I think that guy's now the proud owner of a bunch of Erhard gear. Yes, Erhard <laughs> dicks out again. Okay. Ceases making payments on the loan, ceases paying creditors, the whole nine yards. Sure. Don kicks him out. And seizes the vintage collection. Okay. So Don calls up Aspen, tells him what happened. I'm sure Aspen was like, well, what did I tell you? Told you. But he says, so now I got all this gear. Can you come over and help me sort through it and figure out what's what, what it's worth, what it is, all that stuff? Yeah, sure. Okay. So he goes over there. And in and amongst all the vintage gear, he sees that red P bass I was just playing. Right. He reminds Don of the whole story and says, that's the bass I was telling you about. That's my shit right yeah. there. He comes to an amenable agreement with Don, and Aspen is reunited with his bass. 
I love it. I love where this story's headed. Isn't that great? It seems great unless something bad happens. Does anything bad happen? Like disaster? I don't know. Maybe. I'm ready for the other shoe to fall. Okay, well, let's take another jump forward. Oh, we're going forward in history again. Okay. Aspen decides he wants to buy a vintage car. Oh, okay. So he takes this here red P-Base to a guitar show. Yep. He's asking 20K for it. Okay. But all he got was a bunch of skepticism and sketchy offers. Sure. <laughs> okay. People were telling him, 1955 Fender wasn't doing custom colors. Mm-hmm. I can see that it's a refin because I can see the paint underneath it. Is that paint? And Aspen was saying it's not paint, it's primer. So he just decided, screw this guitar show. I'm going home. And I'm just going to do more research. Okay. And so that's what he does. He calls up some of his industry bros. I wonder if he's still living in the same house. In Silmar? Yeah, is he still in the same neighborhood with the dude with the fridge? Talk to Fridge Boy. Where'd he get it from? This is what I'm thinking. Oh, Fridge Boy was cleaning out somebody's house. Whose house was that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I do know what you're saying. Okay. I understand. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got a guy named Bob. Okay. Bob Page. He owns Buffalo Brothers Music. Well-regarded vintage outfit. Okay. And Bob, he agrees. Yeah, it is unusual for them to have done a custom color, mm-hmm. but he's not willing to write it off. Tell you what, yeah. Aspen, let me call my buddy, George Fullerton. Yes. And see if he'll take a meeting with us. Not only will George take a meeting, Yeah. George says, yeah, come on over to my house. Right. So they right. get in the car, they go over to George's house. Sure. They're SoCal yeah. bros. Super nice. You think that's happening with the Jersey boys? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You give some Jersey boy a call, you show up at his house, maybe you get two in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, Cal, come on over. We'll have a little coffee. Yeah. I'll tell you about your base. So, Aspen and Bob, they drive over to George's house. Okay. They pull the base apart, and yeah. George is examining every little inch of it. All the electronics, all the paint, all the inscriptions, everything. Okay. Fullerton himself says, it's real. He says, I will attest to it. And he writes a letter. Okay. Guess what we've got, Ed? Do we have that letter? Yes. Oh. Do you know where we got this base? The base shop. The base shop. Here in beautiful West Seattle, the base shop. Yeah. Do you know about the base shop, Ed? I know a little bit about the base shop. I know our good friend Chad. Our good friend Chad owns the base shop. The base shop is in yes. the same building. As Thunder Road. As Thunder Road. Our good friends. Our good friends, Thunder Road. Yeah. Check out the bases, viewers. Yes. TheBaseShopSeattle.com. Right. There are even pictures of this base on the site. You could look at it. Yeah. You could go to West Seattle. Yes. Buy this base, and then maybe they have a six-string base. Another learning moment. Yes. There are bases that have six strings. Yes. But generally, in the broader picture, right. when they have six, yes. we call those guitars. Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. We're all about the facts. The Bay Shop. TheBayShopSeattle.com. Yep. They've got one of the best, I think, Yeah. selections of used and vintage stuff around. Yeah. The base I own, I bought from the Bay Shop. Chad and the fellas over at the Bay Shop, yeah. they are focused like a laser. A base-shaped laser. <laughs> Focused. They've got cabs. Sure. Heads. Sure. Bass effects. Sure. Those guys, yeah. nutty for the bass. They love the four-string guitars. They really do. TheBassShopSeattle.com. Yeah. Okay. Finish this story. Okay. George has deemed this original. Yeah. I would like to read you some of the cool stuff that George wrote. Lay it on me. 
He even starts the letter like old-timey grandpa style. Yeah. From the desk of George Fullerton, to whom this concerns. That's great. That is great. (laughs) I inspected many aspects of the instrument with particular attention to the parts and the red paint job. In my opinion, this bass is the real deal. Whoa. That's what George says. Love it. Yep. The parts and components appear to be original. Mm-hmm. And its construction is consistent to how we made bases in 1955. George would know. George would know. Yeah. The red paint job also appears to me to be original. Okay. The worn paint spots clearly show both the wood and the primer. The ash is correct to what we used, and the primer is also consistent with the silver-gray primers we used at the time. That's great. Now, he gets into the color. Okay. And this is where stuff gets pretty cool. Okay. I am not sure this is the exact same color, which later became known as Fiesta Red. The reason I'm pretty sure it isn't is that I had not yet invented it in 1955. <laughs> That's great. Get him, George. <laughs> yeah. Get him. It was about two years later in 57, under protests from the sales department, that I finally convinced Leo to try out colors. I suggested we start the colors, I'm paraphrasing, with the introduction of the new guitar in 57, the Jazzmaster. Okay. What do you say, Leo? Maybe we'd do some colors? Yeah. And I had the only prototype in my office. Okay. This is interesting. Ed. I'm ready. The reason George had the only Jazzmaster prototype in his office is because he kept it there secretly. Turns out Leo was kind of paranoid. Okay. If there was a prototype made and he didn't like something about it, he would take that prototype over to the bandsaw and he would destroy it. He didn't want people stealing his shit. No. You know how they did one-off custom colors back then? Remember, they didn't have a custom color program yet. Right. But they were SoCal boys. Oh, sure. If a customer came in and said, I would like to have a green guitar. Right. They'd say, well, you know, it's not a thing we normally do, but there's a paint store down the street. Okay. If you were to go get this type of paint and bring it back, yeah, maybe somebody will spray paint that guitar for you. Basically, bring your own paint. Yeah, we'll do it for you. Huh. So customers will go down there, buy a can of paint, come back to Fender like, can you paint my guitar this color? No kidding. It was rare, but that's the kind of thing they were doing. Wow. Okay. So he says, in my opinion, this is most likely how this red bass was made in 1955. But as I said, it's impossible to say for 100% certain. He hadn't Uh, invented the color red. So about that color. Yeah. The first name for a Fiesta red was Fullerton red. Oh. And that was a joke. Okay. Apparently George went on at some length with everybody, let's do a red one. Got to be a joke with the sales guys. He wants red so bad. Fullerton red. Ha ha ha. And they'd make fun of him. Huh. So they were joking with George. Like they just weren't into it. They weren't into color. We're not into color. We're into sunburst and maybe some yellow. Yeah. That's it. So finally in 57, Leo lets George paint the Jazzmaster. Okay. Then George goes down to the store, the paint store. Right. George worked with the paint dudes at the store to mix up a color that was to his liking. Specific. Okay. And they did that. Okay. And they painted the guitar. They started showing that guitar. Yes. Around to people. Okay. What do you think of this? It's going to be our new Jazzmaster thing. What do you think of the color, the whole thing? Apparently people loved it. Okay. And people started asking, like, can we get other colors? Right. So who's laughing now? Leo? Leo's laughing. Leo? No. No, Leo's not laughing. It was a hit. Okay. So George goes back 
right. to the paint store, and it's like, hey, guess what? We need a lot of paint. I need a lot of that red color. Yeah. When they put it on file at the paint store, yeah, they're like, what do you want to call it? I don't know. Uh, Fiesta Red. It's a party. So the Fiesta Red we know, that yeah. was named that way by the paint store. So that's how it came to be, and that's how we know that this thing is authentic. All original 55. Custom color. That's great. It comes with the Fullerton letter. It comes with an Aspen Pittman letter oh. from which I got many of these facts. It is very, very cool. I get why people could think it wouldn't be original. It's not pristine, but it looks pretty good. It's wonderfully patinaed. We'll put yeah. all kinds of pictures. Yeah. Yep. I think you did a great job today, John. I'm glad you liked it, Ed. Oh, man. Where can people find us, John? Everywhere they find us on the socials. Go oh, my gosh. Any social. Yeah. Twitter? Yep. yep. Facebook? Yes. Pinterest? Yes. LinkedIn? Yes. Instagram? Yes. Did I miss any? Probably. We are on all of all them. All of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hit up uh, patreon.com slash the high game. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Subscribe. It's going off over there. Oh, man. People uh, are doing stuff. Yep. YouTube. Yep. We're, YouTube? We're getting real close. Getting real close to that to 100. That. Oh, my gosh. I can Help f- us out. I can feel it. Yeah. 